Welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show with Landon Witt. You're about to learn hyper-local market knowledge happening right now in the Oklahoma City real estate market. This is your fresh weekly report on housing conditions in Oklahoma City that will enable you to make smarter investment decisions and gain insight on local trends. Plan your next move in real estate with this fast, vital market news to aid your next real estate adventure. Landon is a genuine, self-made top realtor in Oklahoma City with millions of dollars in real estate closed every year and hundreds of satisfied clients. He's a successful investor, property manager, and residential broker who's worked with clients from all over the globe to help achieve their real estate goals. This program will help you gain the much sought after hyper-local information that's vital to making real estate decisions. Whether you live right here in the city or across the country, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Here is your host, Landon Witt. Welcome to episode 38 of the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. On today's show, Ryan Parrott in the studio. Ryan is one of the top chefs in the city, responsible for several restaurants menus here. He's going to chat with us about the day-to-day operations in today's economy for food slinging and beverage pouring. That's coming up on the show. Getting in, hello, been two weeks since I've chatted with you guys. I have missed it dearly. I have been hacking through the bushes of the market, and we're going to get into that in just a second. We have some exciting discussions to go on today, so put on your thinking cap on episode 38 because for this market report, we're going to get a little bit more in-depth on this situation unfolding in Oklahoma City right now. There is a little something called the month's supply of homes for sale. Many of you understand it. Some of you don't. And it's essentially a gauge on supply and demand that's inside a market as it's occurring. So when we look at this scale, we generally have a metric of about six months supply. And what that means is there's enough homes on the market If six months passes, that's how much it would take to sell all the homes. So if no more homes came on the market, it would take six months and all the homes would be gone. As we get above six months, it goes to a buyer's market. As we go below six months supply of home, that's when you get to a seller's market. Well, you might be asking, so what's the deal, Landon? What does this mean? Where's Oklahoma City? Well, Oklahoma City, on the month's supply of homes through our MLS stats tracker, okay, which started in 2006, has been steadily declining in month's supply, and now we are at two months' supply of homes. What does that mean? Again, if no more homes came on the market, there would be two months of inventory left for folks to buy, and it would be done. There would be no houses on the market. That's an extremely interesting metric when we look at it's never been this low before in any statistical history. So now we have a scarcity coming on in the inventory, and we're noticing prices keep rising. Obviously, your supply and demand working in effect. One of the things that happens when prices rise, and now you're seeing interest rates rising as well, is when someone then needs to sell their home or they want to sell their home, they want to move to a different home, they have a predicament on their their hands of, 
what are they going to buy next? There's very limited inventory to shop for. Not only that, there's higher interest rates. And so they end up stagnating and it further complicates the problem of inventory when sellers just don't want to move. They can't move in some cases. We also have something in Oklahoma City where our income, because we're such a linear market, the income does not drastically increase. In fact, we did a slight decline this past year. And and when I mean decline, I mean about $25 on the median. So between $25 on the median and then in the household, you're looking at about $500, uh, about a one less than 1% reduction in, in per median household income. So we're kind of stagnating in that. So you don't see wage growth you see limited inventory, and then it becomes very difficult for you home uh, uh, wholesalers and for realtors alike, as we, I've been pounding the ground uh, looking for inventory. Some of you have received my emails recently uh, showing you the inventory that we found, but I, I talk to these sellers, and, I'm, and they're like, Landon, I, I would love to take your offer, but I have got nowhere to go. So essentially, that's where our market is. Well, what does that do for rent? prices. Well, if you can't move anywhere or you don't want to buy or you can't buy anywhere, then that ultimately puts you back to renting again. So the metric for rental security in Oklahoma City has been forged and ironed in. We will be a primary rental market for a long while to come. So if you can get your hands on rental property during this time, if the inventory is even there, you're doing a fantastic service for yourself, locking yourself into a highly rental dependent area. Onward, just to kind of give you some overview, um, again, these numbers are going to be on the OKC Real Estate Show homepage. So if you go to okcrealestateshow.com, down below there, there's the market report. And guys, this is in real time. We use GIF graphics that are that are locked in with the MLS stats, not only the MLS stats, but the Showtime stats. So you can get things like average showings per listing, which this week we're running at about 6.7 showings on average right now per listing in Northwest Oklahoma City. And in Oklahoma City in general, 5.9 showings. That is up from 3.7 just in December. So we've doubled the amount of showings. Obviously, our inventories come up a little bit, so there's more people shopping, but that just goes to show the difference between those holiday months and coming into the January time period. If we look at our uh, month's supply of homes, we've already talked about that, but just the difference is literally a tenth of a point between Oklahoma City and, and Northwest Oklahoma City core, um, that being less in Northwest Oklahoma City than the remainder of the city. As far as dollar volume of closed sales, we're looking at $69 million in sales for January. Um, that's coming down from uh, our peak in, in summertime of $142 million in sales. I, I think it's important when you, especially you folks from New York City, California, anywhere, the, the you know, the coasts of Florida, 
$142 million is sometimes your daily sales. Um, so you understand our market is, is a smaller market and what that enables you to do to get properties for lower value. You would never be able to buy a property for $60,000. we are putting in several offers today for properties that are under $60,000 that are rented out, that are occupied by tenants ready to rock under $60,000. I want to get you to the news, and we'll come back with Ryan Parrott. Again, that number one, I think he's number one, uh, chef in town here, responsible for several menus and uh, the restaurants that you enjoy each and every weekend. All right, here's your news. This is Tara Richardson in Oklahoma City. According to Zillow, rising mortgage rates are encouraging homeowners to stay put and discouraging would-be buyers. Rising mortgage rates will continue to set the scene for housing market in 2019. And Aaron Terrazas at Zillow said they will affect everyone, driving up costs for homebuyers and creating more demand for rentals. Even current homeowners could start to feel locked into their mortgage rates. Zillow anticipates mortgage rates will reach 5.8% and home values will grow by 3.79% in 2019. The Humane Society in Oklahoma City proposes ambitious new facility near Scissortail Park. Last September, the Oklahoma City Urban Renewal Authority issued a request for proposal to develop 2.3 acres at Southwest 10th and Harvey, adjacent to what will be the lower portion of Scissortail Park. The Oklahoma Humane Society, which owns two small lots in the middle of the block otherwise controlled by the city, was the only respondent. In a study, Oklahomans listed strong animal cruelty laws as a top indicator of a good place to live. In this recent State of City address, Oklahoma City Mayor David Holt noted that new facilities for Oklahoma animal welfare were among those items that citizens of Oklahoma City said were important to them. Developing the prominent location at the corner of Southwest 10th and Harvey into the new Oklahoma Humane Campus will signify to community members and visitors that animal welfare is a top priority in Oklahoma City. Two new bars are coming to Film Row, the operator of Flashback Retro Pub and the newly opened sanctuary, Jose Rodriguez, is preparing to launch another drinking establishment in the same complex. At a cozy 1,500 square feet, Hemington Cocktails will feature more than 80 rums in a setting that will be a tribute to author Ernest Hemingway. A Caribbean theme will be the backdrop as a nod to the author, who spent many winters in Key West. Shelves will be filled with his books, along with others from the same era, and a signature daiquiri will be named after the man himself. Many of the rums will be highly aged, with complex flavors suited towards sipping similar to fine whiskey. Rodriguez expects hours to mirror his other two establishments, Tuesday through Friday at 5 p.m. and weekends at 2 p.m. with a targeted opening of July. And back to Landon with today's guest. We're here in the studio now with Chef Ryan Parrott. Chef Ryan Parrott has been responsible for designing the menu at several successful restaurants here in Oklahoma City, opening a third restaurant coming up uh, really soon. Um, Ryan's going to share with us a little bit about why Oklahoma City's got such culture, such flair, and how it is to develop a business in Oklahoma City. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved in all this. Uh, I mean, and currently, I've, I've been in the restaurant business since I was a teenager. So, uh, you know, 
I just I've been around town and and Sean and I Sean Fiaconi and and Kim Dancer are the owners of Picasso and we we partnered up about five years ago and and really just kind of wanted to he he had a good thing going with Picasso already but kind of wanted to elevate it and then we were looking at you know creating a, a restaurant group and moving on and and doing some other you know fun things um, so uh, like I said we I've I've been there almost five years we've have kind of taken a, a a really great culture that was there and just kind of tried to elevate it. Um, we've got a really great team there and, and, um, you know, just, just really had, had a lot of fun with it. Um, it's been a, it's been a fun process. We have a lot of, you know, vegan vegetarian following that, that comes in and, um, really just trying to create, uh, some culture around that kind of lifestyle and, and whether it's introducing people to it or, you know, people that are already, already embrace that lifestyle that are coming in and, and enjoying, uh, our cuisine. Um, of course we do have, you know, non-vegan vegetarian stuff. And I think that's probably a pretty good fit for people that, that are, you know, vegan vegetarian you go out you're like, well, you either go to a vegan place, the meat eaters don't want to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's a good fit where, you know, everybody can come and have something and find something they'll enjoy and, and have a good time. So, um, we do our uh, vegetarian dinners monthly. So we do a five course. It's the third Tuesday of every month. We do a five course uh, dinner that's uh, with wine pairings and it's like a themed dinner. Um, generally have like a different theme every month. Um, and so those are a lot of fun. Um, we get a lot of people. We get a lot of people that are, you know, vegan and vegetarian. We get a lot of people that are just either curious or they're there with friends or they just, you know, just want to come and have a good night out. And it's always, you know, good, tasty food, whether or not it's, you know, it doesn't matter what it fits into. So Mm. it's always, always a fun evening. So walk me back through five years ago, opening day or the the beginnings of Picasso. Um, Five years ago, Oklahoma City was drastically different than it is even today. Yeah. I mean, the last five years has been an amazing transition. What was that like coming in, and, and how has it changed in the time that you've been? I mean, do you remember? Yeah, the no, day? do you remember waiting on the first customer? So, so we've seen a, a huge. I'm going to talk about the vegetarian and vegan stuff, and we've mm-hmm. seen a huge where it's gone from ten or fifteen percent of our focus to to like seventy percent of our focus. And so, every conversation that I have now about food ends up involving vegetarian and vegan food and, and, and healthier lifestyles and, and, you know, sourcing sustainable foods and those types of things. Whereas, you know, definitely 10 years ago, and, and, and like you said, I mean, five years ago, that wasn't top of conscious for, for a lot of people. And definitely not in Oklahoma, it wasn't top of conscious for a restaurateur, you know, mm-hmm. to think, oh, I have to, I have to go after, you know, I got to make sure that we're vegan friendly. It wasn't ever, wasn't, certainly wasn't a, you know, a, a conscious thing for people to be going after that market. You know, especially in in Oklahoma, it's like there's a steakhouse or a fast food restaurant in every corner. So, um, and that's what we really wanted to provide, and and we saw a market for that. The more that we, the more effort we put into it, the more we got back from it. You know, and now, like I said, it's it's completely shifted, almost the opposite direction in our focus and in our in our sales reports. You, it's you can see it. You know, mm. um, and I think I think it's. It's probably an, an Oklahoma City shift, but it's you know I think it's kind of a worldly shift too. I mean I see, I see more and more. It's the more surprised that I am by it is, it's not. I I see the the twenty year olds and and you know they're the vegan and vegetarians and they're and they're doing it. But the biggest shock to me is that you see 
the generation above me, you know, the people you see 50, 60, 70 year olds that are coming in and saying, Hey, we're, we're, we're vegan now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we've made that switch. And, and that's, that's probably, I think the biggest shift, you know, is like, there's a lot more people that are older that are realizing that their lifestyle needs to change, you know, that their diet needs to change and they need to, to be more conscious of those things. So, um, I think that's the most surprising thing to me is to see that it's not, I usually think about a lot of young people that are, that are doing it, but there's a lot of, a lot of people that are, it doesn't matter about their age. They're, they're realizing that it's a, it's a much better way to, to be, live their lifestyle. So, mm. so what kind of, what kind of uh, business do you see? I mean, how, how busy are you guys? How has it changed? Is it increasing? Is it, lo- I mean, where were you at in terms of numbers as far as how many people come through your doors? We were, we've seen, we've seen a lot of year over year growth. Um, it, it has slowed, you know, 2018, it certainly, that percentage certainly slowed. We were, we were still up, but not, mm-hmm. you know, we were seeing 20 to 30% month over month increases. And so that's obviously not sustainable for forever. Sure. So, so With that's the population cer- not increasing. Right, sure. right. Sure. And so that, that's certainly slowed. And, you know, there's, there's been a, a big shift. I mean, in, in the last five years, I don't know, there's, sure there's some data somewhere but there's been a lot of a lot of restaurants open Mm -hmm. you know and and not a lot close so Mm -hmm. um you know so there's certainly it has you have to see some way that it's just getting split between you know more people sure but but i think that there's a lot more people going out you know i think Mm -hmm. there's a lot more things to do i mean look back 10 years ago in this town there wasn't anything to do and and now there's too much stuff to do you know you may have one night where there's five or six events going on and you can't, you can't make it to all of them, obviously. But, um, I think Oklahoma city was just hungry for, for things to do, you know? And so the more, the more that we provide them and the more creative and, uh, higher quality, you know, raising that level of, of quality of service and quality of food and quality of, of the ex- overall experience, then people are more inclined to come out more, you know, and you're giving them more of a reason to, to be out and be, and be active and doing things in their community, you know, and getting involved instead of, you know, oh, there's nothing to do. So we're going to sit at home and watch TV, whatever. Sure. Um, For those of you that don't know Ryan Parrott or maybe haven't been to Picasso Cafe, you have an incredible assortment of fine eats. Um, actually, my father was in town from Washington, D.C. Uh, three weeks ago for the holidays, and we went to Picasso. And I'm vegan myself. Many of you know that. Plant-based, 100%. Uh, I'm like raw most of the day. Uh, he's not. And he was able to get himself a nice salmon filet. You know, he said was one of the best with the f- fresh veggies. I mean, he just said like the, the greens were just incredible. And then I was able to enjoy a vegan dinner, you know, in a nice setting, in a nice yeah. restaurant, you know, where we were both able to have a good time. And I think that's important in that multi-generational, you know, environment where, where we can really enjoy together. Um, now, let me ask you this, though. This is for those that listen to the show that I know that are really into the mechanics of a business. Like, how do we run businesses? When you design a menu, there's got to be a lot of thought into that. I mean, obviously, you, you want to try new things. You want to explore new ideas. But you also have to sell certain things. Walk me through how that goes. I mean, do you do market testing? I mean, how how do you guys come up with these things? Some some of it's market testing. We do uh, I do specials every month, so we run we run our specials for for a, a solid month every month, and then um, so some of it's coming from data from that. 
we'll do i usually do some fun stuff on that um that does give me a little bit because it's not it's not set on the menu so i can have a little bit more fun or be a little more more creative with that and um you know there's there's sometimes where you do something and it just i mean it just blows it out of the water mm-hmm. and then and then you realize okay this is something that that people really need, you know people really want to be involved in so that's you know that's one way is to say that okay we know that we know that this is going to sell i mean we did uh i did a a vegan ramen uh, a couple of months ago and it's you know it's just blowing it out of the water like everybody's everybody's going crazy over it and it's like okay let's figure out a way to incorporate that you know and it's not on the menu yet but mm-hmm. but that might make an appearance but so so that's one way is to say okay there's there's something um you know that people there's demand. yeah there's some demand for it people mm-hmm. have voted it's like votes you know yeah, sure vote um, with your your order yeah, yeah sure. it's like i there was a food documentary i watched years ago and they kind of talked about that where it's like you go to the grocery store mm-hmm. And you're voting for items like you think you're purchasing things, but in reality, you're voting for mm-hmm. shelf space, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same way in a restaurant. You go into a restaurant and you're like, I'll have this. Well, you just cast a vote for that, like, you know. A like. A like exactly, <laughs> yeah. a like. So because we have to go off of data. So when we run a report for a month or a year or, or a period or whatever that is, and then we go look and say, okay, well, here's – Here's everything that got a vote, right? And then down at the bottom, there's going to be things that didn't get very many votes. You know, sure. ultimately, there's going to be something at the bottom. So there's you had so to, much room in the kitchen, right? Too, and you yeah. had to not choose something to choose what you did. So mm-hmm. the items that aren't getting chosen, ultimately, you're going to have to look at. Okay, is this is this still going to be part of our brand? You mm-hmm. know, is mm-hmm. this something? So, so I I think a lot in that regard, people talk about, oh, you're the chef or you're the owner, and you get to do whatever you want to. And I'm like, no, my ultimately I am doing what, you know, my guests do. And, and we've always felt that way about Picasso. There's a a very long history of restaurants in that building. And, um, we feel more like we're just ambassadors of that building and, and that we're just here to carry on, you know, what's already been set in there. And so Mm. we, we look at it in a little bit different sense is that our guests are, are the ownership of that space. You know, it's the mm-hmm. community that owns that space. And we're here to just embrace it and uphold the tradition of that of that space. And so ultimately they're the ones that are going to dictate, you know, what what happens there. And mm-hmm. and it's all through the it's kind of through those votes, you know. Mm-hmm. So so that's kind of one way, obviously, is is from from our guest feedback and from the data provided by that. And then, you know, another way is I mean, I always look at I was talking about veggie dinners and stuff, but also I look at menus in ways of, of almost like telling a story, you know? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you have something to say, you know, there's, there's, there's a message you want to say or something like that. And it's like getting that message out, knowing, I mean, there may be something that I, I do and I'm like, I know this is going to be, you know, a menu item. It's just not really sure how to explain that feeling, but it, but, but it's just there. You're like, okay, I know this is, this is something that, that everybody needs to, to be a part of, you know? And so, That'll end up being on the menu, or maybe it's you know maybe I'll steal something from traveling. You know, mm. I'll be you're talking about D.C. or you know in New York or Portland or be somewhere and be like, okay, people in Oklahoma City need to they need to get a taste of this. You know, mm. and so we're gonna we're gonna try to do that, and that doesn't always work. Sometimes you know the votes aren't there, so it ends up having to come off. But um, you know that's the that's the beauty of being small too, and it's we're not too big, so we can we can always just go, hey, you know what, let's shift and pivot and. And go back and 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 look at those votes and make that happen. So now you guys have a new restaurant on the horizon. Talk to me a little bit about what you chose with that, why, 
and and why Oklahoma City? I mean, not, are, you sounds to me like you're 100 percent sold on Oklahoma City and yeah. the future here. Talk a little bit about why for maybe someone that doesn't understand the climate here. Why? Um, I mean, Oklahoma City is. Uh, I mean, I think it's certainly getting some uh, attention and notoriety now that it probably hasn't ever. And and I grew up here. And so when I was younger, I thought that's all I wanted to do is leave, you know, and, and the more I got into the community and, and I've always cooked and I've always, you know, been in restaurants. So the, the more that I thought that I wanted to leave, the more I said, no, I'm just going to stay here and, and be a part of the change because there's so, I mean, there's so many wonderful people here. I mean, you know, when I travel and stuff, I see, and I see what other communities are doing and, and there's a lot of cool things, but I also look here and I see all the creative people that we have here and I think we're, we've, we've passed that tipping point here of those creative people that have sat down long enough and said, we're now, now we're, we're ready to, we, we have enough momentum and we're going to push and do these things that we haven't been able to do. There's a, there's a lot of them. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of creative people and I, I meet more, you know, younger people every day that just blow my mind that are here in our community. And it's almost like that kind of sleeping giant like it's just it's just been asleep for a long time but it's ready to it's ready to come up and i think the the people here are really a big driving force in that because we can't we can't do what we're doing unless we have people to to be a part of it you know on both sides Mm -hmm. the people to the people to support us you know that are going to be supportive as as guests and and, yeah yeah. and then also the ones that are going to support us and embrace our culture and want to be a part of what you're doing on on the backside because Mm -hmm. i mean you you can't just hire anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we can train people, but, you know, there's only so much heart that we can give somebody. Mm-hmm. So right. somebody coming in and saying, I believe in what you're doing and I want to be a part of it, not just because I need a job, but because I want to be a part of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And and we get a lot more of those. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, you used to have to be able to, like, really hammer into somebody what you're trying to do. And now they're coming to you saying, I want to be a part of this because of what you're doing, mm-hmm. not just because I need a job and, and it's close to my house or because – you know, mm. my, my wife told me I need to go get a job. So I'm right. here, you know, right. it's, it's yeah. right. It's, yeah. it's because you're doing something cool and I want to be a part of that. And, you know, that's, that's really neat. And so, you know, why Oklahoma city? I mean, we're, 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 we're invested here heavily. We've, we've talked about looking at other markets and stuff, but really, I mean, this is, this is home and this is, this is what we want to be a part of, you know, on both sides. I want to share, our vision and our stuff with the, mm-hmm. with our community, and I want our community to be a part of the ones that are building it up. So, now, have you reached out to uh, residential real estate, or you do just commercial real estate, or or what? What? Where are you? I mean, do you do residential? No, no. I mean, mm-hmm. I own, we own a home, but you know, mm-hmm. not not sure. other than that. Yeah, sure. That's very common though that a business, you know, they're either in the commercial world doing commercial businesses, yeah. or they're messing around with, you know, renting properties right. or flipping properties. We've my and my wife and I have talked about it a lot, but mm-hmm. we've we never have done it. Just, I mean. It ultimately, I'm like, hey, yeah, let's do this. And then she's like, well, I'm going to be the one that's doing it all because you're at mm. work all the time. So, uh, you sure. know, it hasn't really worked out. But, you know, we do watch, God, I mean, the real estate, especially around us in that area, mm. the the real estate market is is really, really going crazy over there. Yep. Looking at looking at houses. I mean, they're – and it's, it's neat to watch that. I mean, they're – taking, you know, houses that are, some of them are falling down or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever and, mm-hmm. and revitalizing and just bringing the whole area up. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat to watch. That so. is exciting. 
Well, cool. So we've got about three minutes left here. I wanted to make sure that we really kind of capture. So going forward, you've got, uh, you know, talk about this new restaurant. Can you talk a little bit about the menu? Is that still top secret? No, I mean, no. I mean, not secret. We're It's mm -hmm. still in development. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're so the restaurant is called Frida. Uh, we named it after Frida Kahlo, the Mexican artist. So um, we were kind of sticking with that theme of Picasso, you know, the artist. And so we went with Frida. Um, do you have a location yet? Uh, yeah, we have, we, we bought a uh, property four years ago. We started construction last March, uh, on the building and mm. it should, it'll be completed, uh, this spring and then we'll open early summer. Is it in the Paseo? It's or? in the Paseo. Oh, okay. huh? It's on the right. corner of, uh, Paseo and Walker. It's right on the corner. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you guys are going to just, <laughs> just go on down the yeah. road and yeah. restaurant. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's all in the neighborhood, which is great. So walk between them. Yeah. But there is, there is an important thing I've noticed with just larger national chains that they'll specifically put one of their other restaurants within eye shot of their other restaurant because right, right. they figure they're driving traffic here and then one day they go hey let's go try that place over there but exactly it's the same guy that owns it anyway, exactly so, you know, yeah yeah well and that's why you see way. i mean yeah you see it i i always i call it like the uh what is it the walgreens and and cvs thing you know that they're, just makes my heart like that's terrible though yeah but 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 there's <laughs> yeah but i mean there's they data. Own, i don't think they own each other no they don't own each other but yeah. the but the data is there you know that it's like you put I mean, if they obviously have some kind of thing because they're always on the same corners. Yeah, right. And so yeah. there's there's a there's something that says people are going to come here. So if they're both, I mean, they're, they're obviously they're both the getting their that you need. Yeah, right. They're sure. getting their share of it because they're both on the same corners. So it's, I mean, the same thing goes for restaurants. You see restaurants that are all together, and that's that just drives community. I mean, that's. That's that's the whole goal is to say we want more people to come down here, mm. and and ultimately if you're going to provide them more space, it's you know if you're going to say hey we want to go out to eat it's Friday night where do you want to go like well we can go to this place or go to that place come down to the Paseo like mm. well Picasso will probably be busy but hey now there's mm. you know four or five options if they're too busy we can't get in there we can go to Frida um, you know there's a, a restaurant group eighty four hospitality that owns. Revolution and mm. and Empire Pizza and Goro, they're opening a restaurant in Paseo as well. Mm. So it's yeah. all just, it's all positive. Like we're like, mm -hmm. and some, some people are like, oh, don't you want them to not come down here? And I'm like, no, I want them to come down here. Yeah. That's a, that's new fresh, that's new fresh restaurateurs that are doing a great job in this community that are bringing their, their talents that are going to bring more people down to this area. So mm. ultimately we'll all benefit. So stay uh, tuned, stay tuned in the, in the Paseo area. Yeah. What, what were you going to add? Oh, I was just going to, the Frida, just real quickly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's Southwestern, Southwestern New American. I hate to use the term Mexican because I don't want people to think of it as mm -hmm. being a, what, a, you know, like a Tex-Mex restaurant, chips and salsa kind of restaurant, but mm -hmm. um, it'll be, a, you know, kind of continental, uh, upscale, you know, really fun place, fresh seafood, steaks, um, you know, it's kind of a Southwestern flair to it. Mm, that's great. That's great. The Paseo, many of you have looked at properties near the Paseo. Many of you are heavily invested in the neighborhood next to the Paseo. Um, it is a growing area. It's one of many successful districts in Oklahoma City. If you imagine districts, districts, if you're not from a town that has districts, it's like miniature little cities in their own. They have little different character and culture and, and people live around them and they enjoy being able to walk to a restaurant and then walk to their house. So it's really a unique thing that happens there. Um, Ryan, thanks for coming on the show today. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Subscribe to our podcast to hear fresh local market information. We need ideas for our show and we want to hear from you. Visit OKCRealEstateShow.com. Looking to buy or sell in Oklahoma City? Meet with the award-winning team today at OKCRealEstateShow.com. That's OKCRealEstateShow.com.